Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Feeding Curiosity. I'm your host, Eric Wenzel, as always. On today's podcast, we are joined by two guests, Joey and Drew, co-founders of the clothing brand and community Few Will Hunt. And so for a little backstory on who these guys are, for a year straight, Joey and Drew spent their daily commute through the gritty streets of Philadelphia on the phone together. On these calls, they talked about business and life, especially concerning trends of self-entitlement and shortcut-seeking that we're witnessing in society. These trends made them feel alone in an ever-softening world. Are we the only ones who still believe in the power of hard work? It's like we say at my hunting cabin, everyone wants to eat, but few will hunt. This statement summed up their frustration with society, and it became their mantra. That was in 2017. And now here we are in 2023, and they're only continuing to grow and impact people. I found them personally after reading the book, The Comfort Crisis, which I highly recommend and I bring up in the very start of this episode of the podcast, but I'll say it again here as to how I got there. And these guys are just of the same mind that I have when it comes to putting in the effort, you know, evolving and learning and growing as much as you possibly can every day, every year, and just becoming better effectively. And so with that, please enjoy this wide-ranging conversation with Joey and Drew from Few Will Hunt. Alrighty, Joe and Drew, welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much for being willing to jump in on this. Um, been really looking forward to it. And like I was just saying before recording, it's fun for me to be able to talk to you guys because I found you guys through reading the book, The Comfort Crisis, and then the internet said, hey, you might like these guys too, and here we are. Yeah. It's, it's pretty cool. Very cool. Wonders of the internet. We, we appreciate the opportunity to be here. Happy mm -hmm. to be here, buddy. So with that, what's, uh, what's like your guys' background before, like, we'll, we'll get into the fuel hunt part of this, but I want to, I'm curious, like, where did all this start prior to the clothing brand and philosophy? Uh, long story short, uh, Joey and I are actually cousins. Um, Spent a lot of time okay. together, family parties, just, you know, like talking. And then um, Joey actually was actually my first mentor in business. And I would always call him to throw any business ideas his way or like, and then we just eventually started confiding in each other, like how frustrated we were with society today and how the people in our workplaces, like, just didn't want to work for anything anymore. And it was just like him and I, like finding solace in each other, for lack of a better word. And, uh. Eventually, one day, Joey says to me, he's like, well, that's a, that's a story, but long story short, I, I'm, I'm from the customer power world. I didn't want to ruin the story for us. So I have, um, I have a, a different background, right? So my background is actually in software architecture and development. So I started programming uh, at a young age, uh, computer programming, probably around 11 or 12. And um, that took me you know, through many paths in life, working for different agencies, starting my own business, which was a boutique software development firm um, that eventually was, was absorbed and then all the way to Fuel Hunt now. Wow. So that's a going from a very technical background to going to apparel. That's a kind of an interesting shift there. <laughs> it, it is. It is, but it's not, right? Um, well, the shift itself is interesting, but there's more parallels than you'd think between technology mm -hmm. and develop software development and entrepreneurship. I mean, both are very systems and process driven. And if you, you want to do well yeah. in this entrepreneurship world, 
um, you need systems and processes. So the way my mind works is very uh, attuned to, you know, what entrepreneurship needs. Yeah, that makes sense to me. My background is in electrical uh, engineering, okay. so that, that makes a lot double, of sense. Double A, <laughs> double A. That's awesome. I mean, it's it's interesting for me just to hear like the stories because I, I felt much the same way that you did, Drew, growing up in like my early 20s or so. I worked full-time going to school and just there's a lot of people who, you know, they kind of got in the school thing and they they went through it because, well, this is what you're supposed to do when you're in your 20s. and mm -hmm. But they'd never really thought to think about, okay, what does it actually mean um, about what am I putting my time into? Like, does it actually do like feed something in me you know feed my soul feed you know it, it, is it just a big paycheck at the end of the day and most of those people burn out real fast um like even in the engineering world that was very common it mm -hmm. became like flavor of the month very quickly for people to go into engineering and then they didn't really care about the engineering they they just thought well it'll give me a big paycheck at the end of the day but <laughs> when you spend yeah. you know 40 to 60 or 80 hours even of your life every week doing that it ends very That's fast yeah. I'm curious where you, you guys to, want you to take to, that. Yeah, you have to love the you have to love the process, right? Especially like as a double E or mm -hmm. even like a programmer. You have to love the process, man. I was right there with you. I was in 70, 80, 90 hour weeks. And um if I didn't love the process and have a purpose for what I was doing, I would have I would have burned out. I still burned out. even with a with a purpose, you know, or what I thought was a purpose early on. Yeah. But you gotta love the process. Yeah, that's just like you, Eric. I was my parents pushed me to just go to school, get a job. And they didn't really even care what the job was that I was doing as long as I had a, a decent salary. And I just yeah. grew and back to the backstory, but I grew increasingly like frustrated because I was working harder than everyone else in my, in the company I was working for. And I was just like, dude, like, what is it? There has to be more to life. You know what I mean? Like this isn't, I can't yeah. keep showing up here. And that it was eight to five every day. You know what I mean? Like that was the time that you were required to be there anymore, any, any, any more, but you were mm -hmm. doing a good job. And, uh, so that's, I was just trying to like figure out like what, like the purpose was to life. And I was called Joey and just complain, you know what I mean? Like, but I was in the same boat with you. Eric. I get that. And you know, having someone like Joey where you could actually have you know, I call it kindred spirits for me. Like I didn't have a whole lot of mentors, especially being like the, the young kid who had at times two jobs or was working full time in engineering. Everyone's like, you're insane for that uh, kind of thing. So I was kind of making it up as I went along and it turned out like, I think you'll resonate with this, but I would basically commute constantly um, between my bachelor's program and my job because there's no way I could live at, on campus. So it was like an hour one way. So two hours of driving every day I had class. So it's usually the days I was off of work were the days I had my class days. And my way of finding mentors in a roundabout way, because I was outside of like the normal school program of like you get your head of your department or head of your program and you, you know, they take you under your wing and you learn from them. I found podcasters, ironically. Um, <laughs> I started listening to people like Tim Ferriss and Joe Rogan and stuff like that. And then I was like, these guys are, I'm learning more on, on my drives to and from school than I was learning in yep. the classroom. <laughs> Absolutely. Our parents didn't have that. You know what I mean? So like, I think like our generations were the, yeah. were the first to have that type of free information and insight to help us break out of, you know, that like hamster wheel, you know what I mean? And, and actually like, yeah. 
help us study our internals and figure out what our purpose actually was instead of just falling into the process that had been the process for decades. So hats off, yeah. hats off I think to, you're right about that. to Tim and Joe and Andy, like all those people that um, put out that great content, you know what I mean? That, that led the charge to help all of us develop. Yes. It, I mean, seriously, like I was listening to, uh, you guys probably know, but Modern Wisdom, Chris Williamson, he was talking to another internet guy, Alex Ramosi, and he, he was tracking um, Warren Buffett's like wealth. And he's like, as long as I make more money than he does at my current, like mapping his age versus my age and my current wealth line is at the same level, I'm winning. And he's like, the only difference is I had Warren Buffett to learn from to beat Warren Buffett. <laughs> yeah. And like people, we love to undercut ourselves and say, well, I'm not that person, right? Like I'm not whoever you look up to. Well, it's like, you can learn from that guy. Just go find the books or the podcasts that they've been on. And you've got the, the secret sauce already. Yeah. And those guys, <laughs> they're doing what they do because they want people like us to learn from them and do better. Like, you know, they're in, they're oh, in service yeah. to, to, to us and in service to society, which I, I greatly respect. You know, because it'd be very easy for them to just hold on to what they know and just use it for themselves and ride off into the sunset. But they do the opposite. So much respect to all of them, for sure. It's yeah. funny. A lot of people don't, you, you talk about reading like books and stuff, but like a lot of people don't like reading and talk about it like it's like a waste of time. But like realistically, like people are putting the shortcuts to anywhere you want to go in these books. Like um, it's up to you oh, to yeah. apply them. Like you know, I spend a lot of time reading. I, I love reading. You guys probably see my bookshelf. To my left here, I, I have too many books, you know, the ever-growing yeah. list of, yeah. and we're going to get into this later. Um, <laughs> I, I'm recommended books and toward the end because I, I love it. It's just always worth sharing that. And for me, it's like um, one of the books that I, like it really hit me because historically I grew up with, you know, sci-fi and things like that. Didn't really get into nonfiction until like late high school or so. And then I read, it was Jared Diamond's, um, Guns, Germs, and Steel. And I, I read that book and I was like, oh my God, if everybody read this book, we'd change the world because it would yeah. change the perception on what people think of like what makes a successful country or a successful nation. And, you know, some of the stuff was like inbuilt racism and things where people would be like, well, it was just Europeans, you know, outcompeted everyone else because, and it's like, it just looks like that. If you change the geography of the world and you change the resource distribution, you know, it like one of the things that broke my brain was like, why did the North and South America not have technological advancements like Europeans did? And it's basically just a latitude longitude thing mm -hmm. is what it really comes down to, because you can't grow crops north to south as easily as you can grow east to west. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so it's like, like what you were saying initially is like the framework thing. Like yep. when you apply an engineering mindset to almost anything, you can break it down yep. to the simplest facts and be like, Here's the reality of it, even though you might not like huge on mental frameworks, huge on mental frameworks. They cut all the bullshit out and, you know, they they help you apply. <laughs> they help you apply effort to to learn and grow. So I'm, <laughs> I'm big on mental frameworks. But, yeah, it's the truth. I mean, there's so many patterns and beliefs that we all have. And then you read a book like that and it just blows your mind because you're like, wait a second. Here I yeah. thought these people were just this way. But there's actually like fundamental reasons mm -hmm. that like set up whether it was their success or their growth as a nation or, you know, economy or colony or whatever, you know what I mean? So. Right. And like you said, with frameworks, I'm not sure. It's probably one of you or who, who does all of like the parables you guys write. They're like, 
almost like poems or it's a, it reads, reads to me like the like Tao or even um, Marcus Aurelius. I'm curious where that comes from because I think you guys are really good at like simplifying these ideas or turning it into something that like hits. Yeah. Yeah, I, I appreciate that very much. I try my artist to simplify or demystify what everybody perceives as complex. Um, Drew and I say it all the mm -hmm. time. It's, it's, you know, what you want out of life is simple. It's just not easy. So the more that we can simplify that and communicate it clearly, the easier people will be able to execute on it um, because the work's going to be hard, yeah. right? So if we make them make it easy for them to start the execution, then they'll have momentum for all the hard stuff. So yeah, I, um, I didn't find stoicism until you know, like way later in, in my life, but it was always in me, I guess. So that's how I, yeah, I, I don't know that that's a, um, I guess that's how it comes off that way. But I'm also like a big fan of like poetry and like, I read a lot of like haikus and stuff. If you follow me on Instagram, mm -hmm. I drop some haikus. They okay. weren't there. But they weren't the most popular, but I, I love them. And of um, our a lot of our posts come come from that because if I can simplify something in three lines, four, seven syllables, five syllables, chances are, yep. um, <laughs> it's going to be like very relatable and understandable. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I was I was wondering about that because I was I would look at the framework of it and I'm like because it fits perfectly in like the the nine by sixteen frame of the phone. So you can really get the the framing perfect. And it just, when I read it, I'm like, oh yeah, this, this feels like that almost like samurai type culture or some of the stuff you'd read from the poets of, of the Eastern mythologies. Yep, for sure. I have sam cool. samurais on my arm and uh, Bushido. <laughs> yeah. The way the warrior is important to me, for sure. Yeah, with um, with age. That's awesome. Yeah, with age for sure comes comes the wisdom. A lot of failure, a lot of fuck ups, but yeah, with age for sure. Me, like the big thing, like with my life, like kind of joy. I think you might be able to recognize this or or pick up on some of this sim more similar to me. Um, my life wasn't really crazy into like the physical domain up until probably my early twenties when I finally got into into a career and kind of was like, okay, here's what like you know, my future holds. Like I would see people who looked like me and they would be, you know, stuck behind a desk finally. Um, and this is before people were really kind of like the mm -hmm. whole physical movement world has not, like blown up with the advent of Instagram and stuff. But before that, it was like, there wasn't many people talking about this stuff. It was kind of like people talking about movement in a scientific way that made it interesting for me. But I basically created my own framework through that. And then since then, it's like, Ever since I was like 21, it's been like a cornerstone of my life where I have to move in some way almost every day. Um, so I'm curious like where, like, because I feel like that's ingrained in the fuel hunt of like movement and like contacting reality, I guess. It is. At the, it at is. Like I love the, the way you put that, contacting reality. Yeah. Yeah, Drew. We all... We always, like our community is made up of so many diverse demographics we got like firefighters weightlifters mom single moms martial artists entrepreneurs artists and 99 percent of the time the the one thing we all have in common is our day starts in the gym or doing hard things so we find that's the one overlap of pretty much everyone in our community and i joey and i both 
like, I mean, we probably to a fault, like I know I've had to dial back my training because I just, first, like I tell everyone, I just love like the song, you know what oh, I mean? Yeah. Like, and I think that's why I both love BJJ more than anything is there's just like every time you, you step on the mats, you, you leave it all out there, you know, and like you reach down to the depths of like your soul to force another man off of you or into submission and like i and i feel like I, even in the gym too like weightlifting i've had to dial back and like start taking more rest days because you just start yeah. getting addicted to the pain you know what i mean <laughs> adrenaline junkie or yeah. or pain junkie i mean brace the suck yeah exactly like i i totally get yep, that yep. i have a lot of friends like in high school there was like half of us either went to school and the other half of us went to the marines in the military so i have a huge respect for the people in the military and you know people who went through basic training and all that kind of stuff and in the marines it's embrace the suck <laughs> that's what everyone says and yeah. when you're in your early 20s you don't get it and like ever since i got into this stuff it's i've really get it now um like right now even i'm training for the chicago marathon for the first time and i'm really learning how to embrace the suck and the the you know the the crazy thing of life where you never realize what you're going to be interested in because I got into bodybuilding and had no yeah, interest yeah. in being a runner because, you know, cardio is the devil. <laughs> and yep. and now here I am where I can run, you know, nice. at minimum running like six miles a day when I'm doing this. And it's like, I, I end up enjoying it because it it's in a weird way, it becomes like a moving meditation, which I'm sure when you guys are deep in like a flow with BJJ, that really you get to that. It's a poetry in motion is, is like, joe rogan would say or anyone else who's deep into martial arts um i'm just curious what you guys have have to elaborate either life lessons you've learned from sport um or if you have kids and you're getting children into it because that's one thing my, my parents would never have even considered because they would have thought it's violent right fighting people is is bad <laughs> but i think it's probably one of the safest yeah. things you can do at least bjj in terms yeah. of yeah. um a contact sport my journey kind of started um when i was in high school i was like severely overweight i was like 270 mm -hmm. pounds probably my sophomore year i took the scale at but um the one like my girlfriend at the time broke up with me and i my i was my mom like crying and i was like mom like i need to lose weight I, like, i'll never get a girlfriend and she was like go eat chicken and run you know what <laughs> i mean i was like that all fell in love with like i started seeing the number go down on the yep. scale like looking better better and i just like literally like, fell in love with just the the discipline i guess of you chicken and running and uh that yeah evolved over the years into weightlifting and training but yeah uh regards to raising children like joey and i are both parents and my my son worked out every day like it's funny that could be vilified too like people can look at you and be like, oh my god you make your kid work out but it's like if our kids can sit in front of a TV, like, why can't they move? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, what's, and he is also training jiu-jitsu and wrestling a couple of days a week, but I don't think everyone has to do that, but I, I'm getting him started at a young age because especially with the world, the way the world's yep. going to that. I yeah, know I, I agree. I mean, that, um, that poetry in motion, that movement, it, it like massages your mind. You know what I mean? It puts you into, into flow state. I mean, some of my best ideas come from when I'm training here at HQ yeah. or post uh, jujitsu, you know, like I'm savaging my body, but I'm massaging my mind. Mm -hmm. and it, it brings me to a place of peace where, um, I can flow mentally. And if there's anything blocked becomes unblocked, 
you know? So that's the most beautiful thing about it. My daughters yeah. um, stay active. I have them in sports, um, karate, not jujitsu yet soon. I'm, I'm working on that. Uh, but uh, I make sure they move their body. And I also make sure they use mm -hmm. their minds. Like there is no screen time uh, in my home. Um, I have TV days and TV days begin with T, Tuesday and Thursday. They can watch a little TV. Um, but other than that, like, yeah, other than that, I have like a pencil oh, in their that's hand, cool. a pen and a notebook. And they're either like writing or drawing or I have like model magic or Play-Doh or putty. And they're like making things. They're like creating things. They're not mm -hmm. consuming. It's like the most important thing for me. So um, yeah. I try to balance balance both with with my girls because if you if 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 you don't you're 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 really just yeah, a vessel that's, like, that's really of cool. consumption I mean, nowadays you're under attack really i mean that's that's what it is you're just a you're a vessel of consumption oh yeah that's the one about jujitsu especially i mean or any martial art but like joey and i think that we can attest to this but like all day we're like like especially entrepreneurs like fires come up and yep. or, and notifications are coming in and people are calling in those meetings and then that one hour or plus a day that where you're training it's like you put your phone in your bag and it's like yep. you're just on the mats <laughs> focusing on learning and focusing on rolling yep. playing the chess match that is yeah i mean i was thinking about this like in terms of like life like sport or moving your body physically either running or jujitsu it's like to me, it's like a microcosm for like everything else that goes on in your life. Like if you can handle those th situations, it's like, to me, yep. it feels like the practice to go into the rest of your life and be like, this, this is easy in comparison to what I just put myself through. Or like you were saying with raising children, I think my, my pet theory lately has been that the superpower of like the next generation, either like your kids or my kids eventually, that it's going to be like having the ability to mm -hmm. direct your awareness or or be able to choose to cut off from certain places of awareness i mean you guys probably see how much twitter's in the news and all the craziness that goes on there or just mm -hmm. you know the overabundance of notifications that try to steal attention from us um and being able to separate yourself from and say you know that device or this digital world it's important to some degree, but also we need to be able to put it in its place because I think a lot of people put too much emphasis on it right yep. now. And this is coming from a guy who's an engineer, you know, like I, I, I think technology has a lot of good things, but it's Absolutely. a double-edged sword in a lot of ways. Um, we mean sex, like as a, as a software, as a software engineer, as a software developer, it, it's my job yeah. to, to keep you using the software. You're literally called a user. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's a, it's a use case. Sounds like it's a, drug a user addict. story. <laughs> it does. Right. It sounds like drugs. And that's because it is like, so nothing should, nothing should be more important than your levels of consciousness. Right. And that direction of awareness. Mm -hmm. I agree with you. It's super, it's a superpower, superpower. And one, one way to do that is to force yourself to do it through the pain of physical activity. I mean, that's just, that, yeah. that's a, that's a tool that you can use to help you direct your consciousness, your, your awareness. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I sent a note out today to the community. I said, like, you either, you either, I use the word walk. So that's like, you know, probably like on the, the pain scale, it's a little low, but you either walk the path of pain with growth, right? Or you're in the pit 
of suffering with comfort to draw a line between like pain and suffering. Pain is a tool, right? Suffering is a choice. Yeah. And I think that when you're not aware and you're not directing your awareness and you're just uh, feeding off those dopamine snacks, it's suffering. You know what I mean? It's just straight yeah. suffering. I recently remembered it, but it was the the idea of like, we talk about junk food, right? Like food in our diets that are bad for us. Or, or if you eat too much of those bad foods, you know, you, you gain a whole bunch of weight or whatever. So we call it junk food, right? So it's, I think a lot of people should do a lot more work on what are they consuming from their like information diet? You know, if you're mm -hmm. on these short form places that are basically designed to get an emotional response, but not give you a truthful, you know, information source or even a nuanced viewpoint, you're not doing yourself any favors to be able to like deal with complex issues because I mean, surprise, reality is really, really difficult to understand. <laughs> yeah. 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 You know. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, our knee jerk reactions oh, yeah. feed their bank account. Our emotional knee jerk mm -hmm. reactions feed their bank account. The the enemy of of their algorithm or their approach is our like mindful response to things. And that's what yeah. like is under attack and we're we're losing as a society. That's why we don't like, if you want, you never see us say, turn on your post notifications, like <laughs> fucking this, that, the other thing. Like that's the last thing we right. want. Like we, we want you to come to us when you need us so we can serve you. And then we want mm -hmm. you out in the world doing your hard things to build your purpose, serve your people, love your people. You know what I mean? The last thing we want you yeah. is with your, with your face stuck to our feet. You know what I mean? And it's, a, it's an interesting place to be in. This, this attention economy, it's very, very interesting. Very interesting. And I don't know where it's going to go, man. I know we're, we're at this like edge in some ways, you know, just with, even with the rise of AI stuff that I've talked about and I I've used it all just to learn it. Um, it's going to get worse before it gets better in, <laughs> in a lot of ways. Yeah. But I, I think, you know, people like you guys who, who are trying to push the needle in the opposite direction, or at least get people it's like how do you leverage the technology in a way that pr pr propels to the to the you know the, instead of the black mirror well, like what's the white mirror look like and, exactly. and i think what you like the philosophies you guys have grounded what you guys do in is indicative of what's possible like you guys keep talking about the community you guys have and i think you should elaborate on that because i think that's the thing people are crying out for because in in i think in previous times community was like your local neighborhoods maybe church but Nowadays, a lot of those things have disintegrated or people would just become so atomized that even your neighbors, you don't really care. I mean, it's, it's mm -hmm. also indicative too that both of you guys are, you know, your cousins. So it's, it's another thing to show the bond on that level yeah. too. So like whatever you want to like elaborate on community. Yeah, I mean, it's the, what we're showing is the, the bright side or the light side of, of what technology can do for somebody. Like it can connect you with like-minded people that feel the way you do. So that you know you're not alone and you have, you have, you can borrow power from them and you can give your power to them to do these hard things that you have to do to advance yourself in life. And like 99% of people don't think that exists because they're in that attention economy. And that's just like where they are, you know what I mean? And they see community as like arguing and trolling and let me find somebody that agrees with my viewpoint, you know what I mean? Instead of you know, taking, you know, like our community, the basis is like taking, taking your light 
you know what I mean? And sharing it with somebody else to light their fire, you know, so mm-hmm. they can do what, so they can do what they're destined to do and design their life. You know, community is our, it yeah. started with community and, um, it will, it'll never end, but we'll ride into the sunset with community too. Like it's, it's our community is everything else, everything. It's funny because back to the, the origin story, <laughs> but Joey and I started calling, like we're the, I guess the original community members because we grew so frustrated with just the way things were going in society. And that's like what you say, community used to be your church or your, your family or your neighborhood, but realistically they are the 98% of society yeah. that is trending in the wrong direction that you don't think like, you know what I mean, Eric? Like you don't, you feel alone around in a crowded room. You know what I mean? So Joey and I felt that way. Mm-hmm. We were calling each other literally every, every, every day on the way home from the office. And then Joey said to me, it's like, I sleep if you want. And I was like, what did you just say, dude? We got to get on a shirt like ASAP. And then the Instagram came and we just started finding more and more people that yeah. thought just like yeah. us and just wanted to read books and do hard things. You know what I mean? Like that is like, like Joey said, the bright light of, of social media is like, no matter what you're into, if you're into <laughs> chess or you're into like dressing up like a baby, like you can find people that think just like you, you know? Yeah, I know. It, it, again, it's the gifted curse of it, but it's, it, it it does really feel like there's these, there is a group of people that, you know, they're not the most vocal people in the world because they're more interested in doing the hard thing for themselves rather than talking about it and sitting on top of a hill and, yeah. or, you know, talking into the void, as I call it, in, in some t- <laughs> sometimes because, you know, they'd rather be out in the world or, you know, even for me, like this podcast started with because me and my closest group of friends who I've known now for like 20 years who are prominently featured all over this podcast we would just go Mm -hmm. to bars and you know over a couple beers talk about consciousness and just life and then get nowhere but feel like we (laughs) feel like we feel like we you know accomplished something like that was a great conversation and then it was like slowly but surely i've you know it's grown from there because i do a lot of research Mm -hmm. to make sure i follow the right people not just you know junk food and and that's how I get connected to people like you guys. And I'm so glad that I even just, yep. you know, reached out to see because it, this is it. This is it. Like, you know, maybe we can't be in the same physical place, but we can connect with this. Um, and it's just cool to see. that. That's funny. You said that you would have a, a great conversation, but get nowhere. And that's one of the mental like work things I do. Like, I like to challenge myself to mm-hmm. connect with people of different perspectives or fresh perspectives that I might not have mm-hmm. one thing. Yeah because it challenges you to grow rather than me and Joey could talk for hours and yeah, just, yeah. just like sit and spin and spin. Well, you know what I mean? Cause we think the exact yeah, right. same way. That's how it is always like you said, a good idea to open up a new forum like this podcast and, and get fresh perspectives or. Yeah. I mean, things. the way I call it is like call bullshit on yourself, right? Like you, you could sit and swim yeah. in your own waters. Like if you're a fish, right? Like what is the air you're breathing? Um, and so like you could sit <laughs> in your comfort, comfortable waters all the time, but you should go out and and check your beliefs yeah. and like you know check yourself before you wreck yourself and, and it's and you don't yeah. grow like you might have like a strong like there's a a, a saying I, I this was Peter Thiel who said this strongly held beliefs but loosely held so basically it's very scientific in the way but it's anytime there's new evidence that doesn't support your hypothesis or maybe it does support your hypothesis but you should be willing to let go of it and mm-hmm. adjust in real time because 
I mean, that's just the way it is. I mean, science is not like people like to treat science like a religion, but it's not. Exactly. It's a process to discovery. And I think we should all behave that way, right? Like our mm -hmm. habits, our routines, our books, whatever you call it, should be up to, you know, being shredded yep. Yep. at a moment's I, notice. I agree. I agree. <laughs> It's funny. People always yeah. be like, oh, well, you changed your your yep. opinion or your outlook on that thing. I'm like, exactly. Like, <laughs> when I say, like, I'm not one thing or the other. Like, I believe that, like, a lot of life is not black or white. A lot of it is gray. A lot of it is in the gray. Mm -hmm. And um, even Fuel Hunt, like, we mm -hmm. think from first principles. We think from freedom, service, service to others, and hard work. Like, that's how we think. Not every community member agrees with each other above those first principles, but they have those core first principles, which allows us to all have a conversation, learn from each other, grow, you know? So we try to keep it rooted in those first principles and that like first principle thinking and treat it like a process. Like you, like you said, you know what I mean? goes back to like, our, you know, as you're yeah. an engineer, I'm an engineer. Our minds probably work very similar. Even what you said about science, like that's exactly what I, how I feel about it. And um, nowadays with the spin cycle and, and the attention span, it's, um, it's crazy what, what folks have done to science, you know what I mean? To, to, to bend it into a vehicle, an emotional mm -hmm. vehicle, instead of like a, a process, you know, a me a method. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy to me. Like I wouldn't, I went down the rabbit hole of, of like the vaccine science and stuff like that with, with everyone getting crazy during the pandemic and I was just like you know there's a book on it it's called um oh man I can't, but it's about Andrew Wakefield if you google Andrew Wakefield um he's kind of like the originator of the whole anti-vax movement and he was a, basically a doctor with um delusions of grandeur he wanted to be something and he basically had a pet theory and he made it exactly what he wanted and his whole thing was about finding a link to autism around vaccines and yep. to some degree, it's like, I don't blame the parents looking for an answer. And then you have a guy who's a doctor and you, you believe him, you trust him. Yes. And now it's like some of these ideas have escaped velocity where it somehow catches on and it gets, you know, it gets, it gets to this thing, but it's not rooted in reality. It's like this, if you look at the study, it's like 12 patients. And like the thing that makes me like most annoyed is like, we don't have, we don't have people who treat science and give people literacy, like scientific literacy in the world. And the only way you can actually do this is having really uncomfortable conversations because people will, people will look at you and say, well, are you going to like, are you saying bad things about someone with, yeah. you know, a, a bad disease like autism? And it's like, no, that's not what I'm saying. It's like, it, it's the same thing with diet. Like I call the diet, the diet wars. Cause like a lot of these people become zealots or evangelists for whatever diet works for them, because of uh -huh. course you're going to be an evangelist. Cause all of a sudden your quality of life, if you decide to cut out all meat, or go only to plants or whatever, you're going to jump from the rooftops and be like, yeah. I found the, you know, <laughs> the fountain of youth effectively. <laughs> and to me, it's always like, yeah, but that's not yeah. good. You can't just prescribe that to the entire world. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't, prob <laughs> it doesn't not propagate, the reality it doesn't propagate it. like that. It's that you're right. You nailed <laughs> it. Like the escape velocity. That's exactly what it is. Like as soon as um, it's out there and technology accelerates that opinion, puts it in front of the masses and it confirms their their bias yeah. or it confirms what they're looking for whoever it is whatever situation it's like off to the off to the races and it it will it will gather such yeah. a crowd that 
you know, now it's, now it's a thing. Yeah. It's that it's at a, it's, you're right. It's at a steep escape velocity. This thing, I'm so happy you said it. The thing that solves it is discomfort. It's like uncomfortable conversations and the world we're in now, those don't happen anymore, you know? And that's one of the reasons why, mm -hmm. again, one of our messages, like prefer pain, like prefer that discomfort, like in order to crack the code or change society, we need to do uncomfortable things. It's just, it's just the truth. Conversations included. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's one of those things, right? Like society or all of human history up until probably like 150 years yeah. ago, we were, we had no really comfort, right? Like, like you basically had a fire and, and that was about as comfortable as you could get. And then maybe a whole bunch of layers of clothes. But for the most part, yeah. It didn't matter how rich yep. you were, you still had yeah, to I mean, embrace the talk about, talk reality. about escape velocity on comfort. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like the Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. That's what I mean. And it's only getting more more comfortable. <laughs> but we like I feel like a I feel like so many of us forget just like how ridiculous this period of time is. Like to be born you know, anywhere from like the probably 80s onward, you're living in a insane moment of time that no human ever, you know, from the beginning of time would have ever dreamed possible. And we're dealing with a lot of issues because we have so many of these things that, I mean, quite frankly, young people and myself included probably have no idea what it's like, you know, what it have been like to survive in harsh conditions. But part of it for me is like, well, if I grew up and have the, the opportunity to be born in a suburb, I'm going to put myself in difficult situations such that I can, you know, be able to weather the storms of life. And that's a very stoic way of looking at it. And I wouldn't have called it stoicism until pretty recently myself, but I've always kind of just leaned into that. Like, well, I'm going to be prepared because yep. absolutely. I have to absolutely. That's that circles back to the, the parenting question for me is like being a parent and being able, like I personally went through a lot of, my childhood and growing up was like really hard, like not as hard as everyone's, but or, or some yeah. people's, but it was, it was hard nonetheless. And I believe that that the trauma and, and struggles I went through made me the resilient individual I am today. Mm -hmm. And being a parent in today's society, especially my my son has a lot of things easy. Um, he, he comes from a happy household where the pa our pa his parents love each other. He goes to a great school, lives in a great neighborhood. And I always think to myself, like, is he not going through enough or have enough hardship right. to be a resilient individual? So I try and make him do hard things, like like you said, like put him in hard situations uh, to help him become a resilient yeah. young man. So, I mean, that's something that I think back to often. That's funny you yeah, say Yeah, I mean, I think it's true. Like, even for me, like, some of those small things that I've, I can talk to, and it's like, sure. it sucked in the moment, but now I think back on it, like, damn, that was, like, character building, where I got bought a crappy car for $3,000 off a lot, you know, and all the, the struts were broken, and I had to replace, you know, I went to a junkyard with my uncle, and find the make and model of my car, and, you know, replace parts on it, and, like, you know, I was in school for engineering, yeah. so it worked out for me, because I'm like, ooh, this is just real-life problem-solving, but... You know, part of me is like, dude, we yeah. should, that should be a class for, for people. sure. Like, <laughs> that's fine. Like the, um, 
the more Joey and I grow this community and this company and this business, the harder things right. get. And every day I just, I say to myself, like, no matter how hard things are getting, I'm like, this is, this is a test. This is going to make me a, a stronger individual on the other end of it, on the other side. So like, I, I do wake up truly grateful every day for yeah. the adversity as much for as sure. I am the blessings. Yeah, for sure. It makes you appreciate it that much more, right? All right. Yeah. So we, we foreshadowed all the books. So any books that you guys would recommend or would or recommend often to your community? Because I'm sure you guys yeah. are constantly sharing books with people. Um, I'm oh, going to yeah. stick to my rule of one uh, you that I do every show. You give three, so there's three three just one like that. that I'm going to recommend because I feel like I don't know where um, your yeah. listeners are at, you know, in their journey of life or their personal development journey or whatever. But I always recommend one. It's 12 Pillars mm -hmm. by Jim Rohn. It's, um, I, I do not read uh, any fiction, but it's a fictional story that highlights the pillars of personal development. You can literally okay. read it in one night. It changed my life. And um, that's the one that, uh, that I recommend. It literally covers everything. Mm -hmm. It covers health, relationships, business, attention, discipline, curiosity, everything. Everything that you need to arm yourself to design your life. So 12 Pillars by Jim Rohn. Pick it up. Read it. Change your life. Agree with uh, 12 Pillars 100%. And any, like, like Joey said, any part of your journey, like that, that book will change your life. The book that changed my life personally and just got me, just I, I read it the perfect time in, in college, just start thinking differently was uh, Rich Dad, Poor okay. Dad by Robert Kiyosaki. And that book was truly, I would say, what turned my life around and going in a different direction but a book i did read recently which is a nice refresher that i've been find myself recommending is uh the monk who sold his ferrari oh, cool i haven't heard that one i'm not sure who the author is but that was a, a great read for me awesome cool. i will have links to those for people in the show notes so they can go find them i'm definitely probably going to be picking up if not all of those but at the very least 12 pillars because that sounds really interesting i was actually just reminded of there's a book called the courage to be disliked and it's kind of uh it's written in japanese style of a parable kind of where it's you know you got to go do the thing yep. you got to put yourself out in the world and have the opportunity to be disliked if you want to go do anything meaningful and i was i don't know what i don't know where it came from it was running and it just like it knocked something loose in my brain and i was just like <laughs> you know how it goes <laughs> yeah yeah yep. have you have you did you did you pick it up or did you read it yet yeah i've read that book like a, like a year Are ago you read or, like 2000 oh or 2021 i read it so yeah amazing amazing book like that would be one of the ones that i'd recommend if i broke my rule of one so uh, <laughs> amazing i recommended amazing. it so i'm not breaking your rule <laughs> thank you brother yeah. i appreciate it <laughs> that's awesome and then my closing one that I, I i love this question because i think it kind of encapsulates the the philosophy that i had when i started this um, but it's advice to young people or anyone who's just looking to pivot in, in their life and, you know, go after, like we've been talking about passion and curiosity and, you know, aiming yourself at what you think is going to feed your soul effectively. Yeah. I mean, I just, um, I don't want to follow Joey to the question, so I would love to go first. Um, but the, the pillars <laughs> that I raised myself and that are, that have a lot of overlap, uh, with the few on core mm -hmm. values are just. Work hard, chase dreams, give first, be strong, and never quit. 
or the five, the five things are trying to steal my son. So, I mean, I think if you follow all five of those rules, especially you'll, you'll find fulfillment and success. I mean, and which I think are two of the most important parts of life. I'll, um, my piece of advice will probably be very on brand, uh, for your, for your show. Um, I too, no surprise, like Drew, I have a little framework for my daughters. Um, and I, I want them to be curious first and foremost. I want them to be confident and courageous. So the, the, the curious, um, element is I think like the root, I think curiosity is like a root trait. Everything you want to be in life, everything, every trait you desire, you want to be disciplined, you want to be motivated, you want to be focused, you want to be creative. It all starts with a question. Mm-hmm. You know, if you want to be disciplined, how long can I do this? Or do you want to be uh, motivated? You know, can I do this? Why can't I start? If you're trying to build your purpose, you know, why do I want this? You know, if you're trying to plan something, how can I do this? We'll get everything starts with questions. So I try to foster curiosity um, in my go- my girls, and um, it works for anybody in life. If you're on the path that you always wanted to be on, you should still be asking yourself questions why. Yeah. And if you're on a path that you don't want to be on, you should be asking yourself why. Like it's always rooted in curiosity. Yeah, so I would say I love stay it. curious. Stay curious. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, it's, this is a little bit inside baseball for me because I don't normally share it. But for me, what, what reason this exists to some degree is that I, I always knew I didn't have the temperament that I wanted to do one thing for the rest of my life. Even though I chose engineering, it was more evocative. Mm-hmm. Um, it would open the most doors to me down the road that no matter what I was doing, I could open a different door and do something else with it. Um, yep. And then I started doing this because I was like, well, there's there's no shortage of things I could be talking to people about. Like for me, there's no stone unturned. Like I can be interested in anything because there's people who like if you're passionate about the thing, then I can easily jump in behind you and be passionate, like seeing that spark or that fire behind your eyes then gets me fired up to go tackle the thing I'm fired up in my own life, whatever that looks like. Um, yep. And I think people yeah. end up killing, you know, snuffing that out sooner at a younger age than they need to because there's a lot to be interested or excited about because it's like I'd rather have, you know, Absolutely. the people who are trying to save the world, whatever that looks like for them be excited and i'm like yes you should be definitely keep doing that because as long as you're excited about doing that you're like you're gonna go figure it out <laughs> yeah 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 for sure what i think one of the biggest misconceptions is like your purpose can evolve yes as you as you go through life it's a huge misconception like you don't have to just pick one thing mm-hmm. you know you can yep. you you evolve your purpose evolves that's that's the whole point of being here you know living is growing otherwise it's it's just dying doing the same thing over and over again until your coffin opens you know what i mean it's just yep so yeah i i agree man i'm i am uh and i think i said this in my original email to you when you reached out like um so happy that you are leading that charge because it's so important in in society so keep up the great work and again thanks for having us on yeah, I really appreciate you guys. This is amazing conversation. Last point sure. is just where can people connect with you guys on the internet? I know we, we talked about not <laughs> not using the internet, but you know, I like putting the show notes in there for Instagram or wherever you guys like to connect people with for the community and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Come join the community. 
uh, on Instagram at Fuel Hunt. And we're also available at fuelhunt.com. Sweet. And I'll put that all in the show notes for people. Very easy. I'll probably say it in the Thank bio, you. in the intro and stuff like that. So everyone will know what you guys do and where to find you guys. Really appreciate this. Sounds good. All right, man. No Thank problem. you very much. No problem. All right, everyone. Thank you all for making to today's episode. If you're still here, I'd love to know what your thoughts are. What did you learn? Um, what were the key takeaways from this episode? And as always, if you are still here, consider hitting the like, the subscribe, sharing, anything and everything. It helps. I just want to get better and better at doing this thing, the podcast that is feeding curiosity so that I can get better and better guests down the road. So with that, everyone, if you want to head over for more things, you can head over to our Patreon page at patreon.com slash feeding curiosity. Or last but not least, you can head over to the website and find our blogs and other things like that, which is over at feedingcuriosity.net. And without further ado, have a great day, and I will see you all in the next episode.